Ahoy there, landlubbers! Whispers in the Sea is an actual play series drawing elements from stories of fantasy horror, political drama, and swashbuckling action and adventure pirate stories. As such, a list of content warnings will always be made available in the description. sailors, and welcome to another episode of Tales Yet Told, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. I am your most humble of game masters, uh, 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 pirate lords, uh, and um, sweet little docks, deck swabs. Dock swabs? Hey, I'm Kendrick, or Kendo if you prefer. I use they-he pronouns, and with me today, as always, are the loveliest crew a captain could ask for. Starting with Hilda. This is so much energy that I need to now build up. All right, I'm Hilda. I'm here. I'm ready to play. I have the energy. Let's do it. (laughs) What pronouns? What pronouns? Oh, oh, no, those are secrets. No, <laughs> she, her, <laughs> secret pronouns, she, her, for me, and then I play, I'm getting there, I'm working on it, I'm, I'm, I'm my head, um, I'm playing Avery Morgan, who has different pronouns from me, uses he, him pronouns, okay, I'm back, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know who else is back, Ellis. I'm back, and... <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm the most consistently available of everyone. Uh, hello. Uh, I play Thorin, who uses he him pronouns, and Eldorus, who uses she her pronouns. I'll be playing Eldorus exclusively in this game for reasons that will soon be explained. And I personally use they them pronouns. Yes. Now, the reason that Ellis is playing only off her Eldorus is because, well, <laughs> there's only the three of us here. Avery, mm. Eldorus, and me playing one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> the rest of the world, <laughs> as always, because that's how game mastering works. Uh, but yeah, you, uh, we are doing, uh, at this point, this will either be the first time you're hearing this or the second time you're hearing this, or the third time you're hearing this, <laughs> because we're doing uh, different sessions focusing on our three little groups that have kind of split up during this period of time on 
on land. Uh, who cares about what the other two are doing? What's more important is that, well, you two are going into town, getting resources with Avery, Johan, uh, the crew that Thorin uh, kind of picked out, Nigel, Cecil, Rook, Nanette. Shopping montage. <laughs> and of course, Eldoris. We can't forget Eldoris. Eldoris mm-hmm. is can't here. can't forget Eldoris. And Eldoris has a voice, as Avery has found out and will continue yes. to find out. Yeah, this is our game of Rapscallion uh, by uh, the Ashcan edition of Rapscallion by Whistler, uh, who, if I'm remembering correctly you can find them on <coughs> twitter.com and their handle is at art by whistler fuck no <laughs> dang it art of whistler uh, and you can uh, uh follow them on twitter and uh, tumblr yeah, so that's that. Uh, this is, uh, you know, a pirate uh, powered by the apocalypse game, the same one we've been playing all this time. If you're just, if this is your first episode, thank you. Welcome. We love having you. Why the fuck did you start here? You Why? are on the right track for the secret order. <laughs> if Good you want this, job. <laughs> if you well, that depends. If oh yeah, I guess if this is the first. Okay, yeah, I get you. Mm. Wait, no. We, okay, whatever. Yeah, if you're going for the secret order, good job. If you're not, <laughs> go to a different episode. Mm. <laughs> okay. No, but, or keep listening. I'm not your parent. I cannot tell you what to do. But you know what I can't do? Lead us into this game. Water noises. Yeah. A camera fades in, following our group from the Bois Perdue who have been sent out to gather supplies from a nearby settlement. Heading this group is the tall, dark skinned, uh, muscle bound chef of the Bois Perdue, Johan. Flying around him nearby overhead and a little bit over the rest of the group as well is the large, Black-winged bird, Eldorus, keeping watchful eye over the group. As four of the other crew members, as you would know, Nigel, Cecil, Rook, and Annette, are all laughing amongst each other, pushing, joking, ecstatic, full of energy, and, like, so excited to not just be on land again, but to be able to experience a new place for the first time in quite a while. And trailing not too far behind is Avery. You've all walked here. Like, it's been like about an hour, hour and a half uh, since uh, you all left uh, Captain Hano, Thorin, Felix, and uh, Katarina off on the beach um, and started trekking in uh, through the woods um, to what is supposed to be the nearest town, but the road kind of is leading deeper and deeper inland, uh, kind of towards these, uh, the mountainous valleys uh, that kind of surround the tall kind of central mountain of this island, Exerchitula of Espanora. Um, And it has been a, not a difficult walk, 
per se, but it's getting difficult as it's going. Not only are you getting into this like kind of higher elevation, uh, the ground itself is starting to become more soft and pliable and wet as you are going along deeper and deeper down this road. As you're all walking, I, I gotta ask, Avery, how are you feeling right now? Um, Avery's, Avery's tired. Uh, he made, you know, the poor decision. While it yielded a lot of, um, good info and a lot of interesting results, he did stay up basically all night researching and looking into the arrowhead. Um, so had a bit of a restless night before heading out now. He's trying to kind of, like, get his head on straight again and focus up for um, this outing. Because I've been sailing for a while at this point. Mm-hmm. Have I been here before? Ooh. Have you been to this specific town that you all are going to before? Have I been to this island before? This island? Probably. You're, yeah. You've, or would you've... I have gone to, like, more mainland? Um, I mean... I think it's possible that you have briefly stopped in Soldado before, which is on like kind of like the other side of this island, probably as you were heading towards like main island Espinora, um, probably coming in through uh, the strait there, um, like from Ziegeland to here, perhaps. Um, if you want to have said that you've been to this island before, more than happy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, but definitely in a new area of this island yeah. that I've not been to. Uh, I, this isn't really, yeah, this part of the island, I, I I feel like most people who are coming to this island who don't live here are mostly passing through so they can get to one of the, 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 the main island. Um, and so getting like this far deep inland probably isn't usually what you do. I would mm-hmm. say, um, and not like what most, yeah, and not what most people do either. Um, this island, as you know, uh, having studied history, I would imagine, um, you know that this island, this is more or less a buffer from everyone else. Um, the main cities on the edges of this island are home to like military bases and like forts and. Um, uh, like, a lot of Espinora's navy is stationed on this island. It is not really a place that people come to a lot because this island, it is what separates mainland, Esp- like, big Espinora from the rest of the world. And so yeah. not a lot of resources go here as far as, like, building up, like, cities and, like, infrastructure in that way to these cities, uh, to this island outside of military protection. Um, especially because, I, I, I don't think this is a secret, Fort Lucha and the island that it, uh, and the mountain that it is kind of built into is the home of one of the dragon lords. And so, like, they don't need that many resources to go to the dragon. Like <laughs> if like things get bad, bad, the dragon Lord can take care of it. But also like, you know, what, what, what do you do? Like, uh, yeah, not everybody's going to live here, especially because 
and I, yeah, I guess this is something Avery would know, is the dragon lords are treated as god kings amongst the people of Espinora, but they do not rule as kings, if that makes sense. Their word, if spoken, is treated as law and people act on it, but that's only if they actually use that power. For the most part, the people of um, Espinora ruled themselves. This is, this is a democratic republic. Like they, 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 they rule themselves. They, they choose the people who, who represent them. Uh, but if the dragon lords speak, everyone listens. Um, the dragon lords also have a huge effect on the land in which they live. Areas around where a dragon lord lives, like the environment changes because of them. It changes to almost adapt to who or what that dragon lord is. And every time a dragon lord, on the very rare occasion that it happens, a dragon lord dies and is replaced by the new one that is birthed in its place, the weather and land change to the next dragon lord in the cycle. And the dragon lord that lives here in Ixerchitula doesn't have the traits that would make wanting to live around it good. Good, yes. Um, Attractive. Yes, it is this, the, cycle, the cycle of this dragon lord, you would know, is frost, storm, fire, and earth. Three of the four aren't, aren't great to be around, <laughs> especially when the weather and the land changes so abruptly to meet this new dragon lord. And so, as you were walking up here, you see the never-ending storm, the darkened clouds of thunder and lightning that surround this mountain, constantly raining on the forest that you are heading deeper into. And then, sorry, just one more question about that. You say mm-hmm. the new dragon lord, how new? Like, how abruptly has this all changed? Has this ha- changed in Avery's lifetime, or has it been... No, 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 no. The most recent Dragon Lord has been around for 84 years. Longer than okay. you, but, like, not... But not There were people alive the, yeah. who experienced the change from the last Dragon Lord to this one. So with all that, mm-hmm. <laughs> Avery's, um, Avery's uh, obviously, you know, a little, bit, a little bit tired, but is interested and excited in his own way about seeing this island more fully. He's read all this stuff. He's heard all this stuff. He, you know, barely skimmed the surface when he's, you know, stopped in port, but never gone inland Mm -hmm. and is intrigued by this idea of seeing things like the never ending storm and seeing how people live and adapt to it when they are here. Question. How does Eldoris feel? She's a little bit shaky from the battle that happened, still not being able to find Thorin, cannons that screamed. There were just a lot of things that sensory-wise were just a bit much for her. So she's happy to kind of get into the market. Um, And she is... She wants to watch Avery and maybe talk to Avery more because she thinks that he might be able to be a friend, and that's a rare thing for her. 
she's delighted to be able to be spending time with uh, Johan as well, like more, you know, it's kind of thorn that she's kind of glued to most of the time. And, and she does quite literally like to stretch her, stretch her wings. Yeah. Oh, and she's looking for treats. I mean, there's plenty here amongst the many different trees and bushes growing around here, different Oh, fruits. she meant the markets. Ah, the markets, of course. I, of yes, course, yes. of course. She I is looking for fish. She is looking for um, yeah. something, uh, you know, she's, she's hoping to pop into uh, maybe an antique store or a little jewelry shop, get herself something shiny to play with, maybe get gifts for people. She loves getting gifts. What kind of foods does Eldorus like or usually even get on the on the ship? Is it all fish? Is it she grains? Likes Is it fish and grain and she likes sweet tea and she likes <laughs> she <laughs> she really likes to partake. She'll uh she knows she has to keep her main diet of, you know, fish and and, and uh you know some fresh vegetables and here and there, but she is a, an adventurous eater. <laughs> okay, good to know. I'm imagining her with a cup of tea. It's very uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> is she yeah, like pecking into the tea or is she like using one of her feet to like a little I, cup? I think she just finds a teacup and sips from it as that's most, <laughs> you know, aerodynamic yeah. for her. But... <laughs> uh, that is a very funny image, though. Just, like, <laughs> laid back, both feet around the, the uh, cup. That's not so even that what I like... was imagining. That's funnier. <laughs> yeah. Fuck how oh, you were imagining, like, the wing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was imagining, no, I was still imagining the foot, but, like, her, like, having to dip into it. Uh-huh. Fuck how do horses wear pants? How do birds drink tea? <laughs> that's what I care about. The question everyone needs to know... Yeah, so the group of you continue heading further into the woods. And similarly to, like, how you were kind of noticing that as you were traveling, that the ground was getting softer and perhaps a little bit more muddier over time, you're beginning to notice that, like, as you're heading into uh, deeper into uh, the woods here, that uh, there's, like, this kind of, like, low fog that's starting to, like, cling to the ground. And the... Uh, ground is getting like muddier and wetter and wetter until there's just like puddles around and you're in this essentially like this kind of marsh that is happening here. And uh, yeah, you're, you're like, I think like you're probably like deep in your thoughts, like thinking of like you just went through a lot in like the past day and you're also extremely tired. And I imagine like takes you a second to like really like kind of notice and like kind of click for you that it feels like we're an entirely new biome right now. We have made the transition and like no longer is this just like forest uh, and like uh, kind of road, like we are like deep in a marsh slowly turning into a swamp. Uh, I think uh, you start to notice that like the other uh, people around you, like I think the four people uh, that uh, the, the, the four crew members like aren't that cognizant of it or don't care that much. They're just like, oh yeah, we're still playing. Uh, but I think you and Eldoris, I think you also recognize that like Johan is quiet, but quiet in the way where like he's he's analyzing. He's like looking around. He's like, OK, we got to make sure that we still know where the road is and that we're leading in the <laughs> right direction. Yeah. Um, 
that's kind of the mode that he's in right now. I would like to get to like catch up to Johan at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, with like all the transition going on and uh, just like tap him on the shoulder and be like, so yeah. how far away are we from town? It's getting a little bit, you know, marshy, I know, but have you been here before? I, do, I don't, I don't know what the, the whole situation is. Well, according to my map here, and he, like, has, you can uh, see he has, like, a small little, like, foldable map that he has uh, on him. Um, you think that it's, like, old and stained. You don't know. Like, he probably just, like, has, like, the, <laughs> these around, I guess. Um, but uh, it seems to be, like, of this island in particularly. And you see that um, there are, like, a lot of little, like, handwritten notes that are kind of scattered around it of you, like, I think on, like, a quick inspection, like, a quick glance from you, you notice, like, a lot of, like, oh, yeah, that's where that town is, that's where that city is, and, like, there are, like, four major, like, settlements here on uh, this island. Uh, But you also see that there's, like, smaller, more, like, these are, like, little towns and villages and, like, spots that are marked on here that, like, are not on the big maps that you've seen, right? The maps that you've seen in uh, various academies and, like, libraries and so on and so forth that, like, whoever wrote this, and there's a, a decent chance that it might be Johan, has either been here before or, like, has, like, kind of detailed information from someone who has passed it on to him. Yeah. Um, and he says, well, we shouldn't be too far. I'm thinking maybe uh, another trek, uh, about two hours at most, maybe, but I am getting worried about the water. Last thing we need is any of our boots getting waterlogged, and, well, I'm sure nobody here wants to lose a foot. That would be a shame. I swoop down and I, and I land on Johan's shoulder. It would. No. I guess you have nothing to worry about. Shame is perhaps an understatement, but true. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not, certainly not. Well, if you need an aerial view, just let me know. Of course, Eldor. Like nuzzles you like under the under the chin. So about two hours trek have you have is this a place often visited by this crew ship? Mm. I don't know if Hano has been here before, but I've been to uh, Pateronis once, but that was uh, a while ago. They were still getting used to uh, the shift last time I was here. That was a while ago. Yes. So have you seen this place pre-shift? Oh, no, no. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> um, I, I, I was surprised. I just... I, uh, yes, of course. I was a child then. Uh, my parents brought me mm. and travelers um but should be a sight and he like kind of stops and like has a hard time like trying to like show this visually but it's built along a flood plain or it's built in a flood plain and well when it rains like this especially non-stop of obviously floods so They've built it tiered into the walls of the elevation around it. And so as the flood levels rise and lower, they can just move from lower to higher or higher to lower. And a lot of it's actually built in the center of the plane. So uh, it floats or a decent portion of it. 
the movable parts, that is. And uh, they can keep it for centuries until it probably needs to be uh, replaced or, or not even replaced, but... Uh, Readapted? Yes. Intriguing. Fascinating. I just... I've, I've read about it so much. It's so interesting to see it in, in practice. Yeah. There's uh, a lot you can learn from reading, but experiencing it firsthand. Well, words can't always do justice to what our eyes see. I try my best. I, I like, like hold up my, my notebook, my notes and stuff. But yes, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't compare. It's, it's certainly why I, I enjoy sailing. Well, you know, if you get high enough, everything's just green or blue, isn't it? I suppose that is one perspective, Eldorus. If only we all had wings, maybe we could see it. Have you seen it, Eldorus? Do you see it in the distance? Yes. Bustling, little town. I've been here a few times. A few times? No. Yes. More with Hugh. Ah, understood. I don't think Avery (laughs) is understands that at all but lets it go yeah yeah um and you all continue walking i think yeah it's about like another hour in when it's getting to the point where like the water puddles that were around are getting larger and deeper and now the the ground that you're stepping in is wetter and then taller, and I think it's getting to the point where you're almost like ankle or calf deep in the water, um, and still trudging along. Is it raining? Yeah, I think by this point, you're getting into the part of the forest where it is raining, and it's like a little bit of like drizzle for right now, but you can hear and see further in the, well, probably not that much, especially as um, the foliage cover gets thicker and denser. As you see that you're kind of leaving the part of the forest where it was just like thick oaks and uh, and dense foliage in that way. But like, you're starting to get to this uh, point in the, um, where the trees are turning from like these like oaks and sycamores and stuff to like starting to get to like deep, like, tall overbearing willows and pawpaw trees and like trees are like kind of almost like rising a little bit out of the ground with large spindly roots that are like kind of arching from the trunk like and like diving uh, into the water to keep uh, like a grasp on and so that they don't just get like pushed over by the force of the water um it's starting to get to the point where like you you're like, we're going to be waiting water soon. Um, it's not looking great. As it starts to, like, rain on us, this is not something that uh, Eldorus is immune to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does not appreciate wetted feathers. So she she timidly, after suffering for maybe ten minutes, uh, she looks at Avery and, and she says, Avery, I I hate to ask you something, but, but can I? Oh, you can ask me something. Yes, absolutely. Oh, thank you. I, I couldn't help but notice that you do have a satchel. Now, 
I know I'm a large bird, but I'm not too terribly large. I don't think I'm too terribly heavy. Do you think perhaps I could just get in there? Um, I was just going to ask real quick. Mm -hmm. What's the temperature here? Is it cold as well as wet or is it? No, no. Okay. It's hot. It's hot. It's humid. It's muggy. It's not great. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, as soon as the rain starts at all, I'm packing up my notes. I've put them into my satchel, mm-hmm. um, which is like water, waterproofed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would look at Eldorus as it's starting to rain and I'd be like, um, I like open up my satchel and move around my notes. I, I believe I can, I could fit you in. I just, I, I would need, if if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to get you as dry as possible first. Important notes in here. Johan, you have a scarf, don't you? Can I dry on a scarf? Wrap me in the scarf, Johan, please. <laughs> uh, you see that he, he was about to, like, start using it to, like, <laughs> wrap himself. He's like, uh, um, uh... Oh, dear. Uh, oh, if it's oh, too much no, trouble, I no, shouldn't have said anything. No, 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 <laughs> no, Aldor, you need it more than me, and we'll, uh, <laughs> like, like come over and, like, wrap you in it. Little burrito? Yeah. And, like, softly, Perfect. like, place you into the satchel. Oh, thank you. I won't forget this. And she keeps <laughs> a little bit of her snoot, just kind of not. To- I was about to say, like, yeah. like it's like a it's like a messenger bag sort yep. of deal. So there's like a big flap, but like she could like basically be poked out between yeah. where like the end of it is, yep. and, like the part hangs over. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Perfect. As you are setting this in, I think you start to hear whistling coming from a distance ahead of you. Whistling? Does it like a tune or yeah, like, like bird whist- whistling? Like, no, like whistling like a tune, like a person whistling. Okay. <laughs> I would look to Johan. Is this a often traveled road? Should we well, it is, be wary of whistles? Well, it is one of the only roads this way. Let's see. And like you see, uh, he starts looking off in the distance. And I think uh, like kind of in the direction that the whistling is coming from. And I think you're vision kind of follows and you see like further in the distance um there is like almost like a light a lantern light on a shadowy like figure that is moving in your direction it kind of bobs and weaves with the water as if it's like hanging from the like edge of a boat um and you see, like, it, as, like, it gets closer, you can tell that it is. It's, like, this little, or not little, it's this wooden boat with a lantern hanging at its front. And on top of it, uh, or standing uh, on the back of it, is this man. He's um, kind of a, a smaller frame, um, real, real thin, uh, almost, like, kind of bone thin, um, with a, uh, like, this big, like, hat made of, uh, kind of, like, dried, like, reeds and grass, um, with a long, like, wooden, uh, like, paddle, or, like, uh, or, or, like, stick, who's, like, 
making uh, making its way like down it uh, closer towards you, and uh, yeah. Okay, I'd like to I call out in Espinorin. I'd like to call out to them and and uh, say hello there. You hear back in Espinorin. Oh, hey there! Now, what are y'all doing out here so dang deep? I was just making my way back from uh, from another group I had to take. If you had waited, wouldn't have to have to, well, wade <laughs> all your way out here. <laughs> and the boat, like, kind of pulls up next to you. You're seeing they're wearing, like, light linen clothing. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, kind of just like it's like natural, like uh, kind of like tawny brown, um, and with like white, like uh, cotton, like inlined in it. I think uh, to help insulate it, and like long pants made out of it, and like uh, and like a kind of like thin, like almost like jacket, like uh, not like a vest. Uh, and he pulls up alongside, and he says, uh, "Well, if you are looking to head into town, I can certainly help." We are. I believe we're we're looking for padrones. Oh yeah, nope. That's just where I came from. Uh, and you uh, hear a Johan uh, also speaking in Espanoran. Uh, we would be much obliged for your help. How much will this ferry cost us? Oh well, um, not too much. Let's see. Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six of you. Um, uh. It'll just be one gold each of you. Oh, I can cover that. You see, you see Eldoris pop out of the satchel just a little bit. And she's got her harness, you know, and she can keep little things. And she pulls out just a few coins. I said, well, well, I do want snacks. I can cover half of it. How about that? <laughs> and she's got a few coins in her beak and she doesn't want to get out of the satchel so she's just craning her neck towards this man. Does Eldorus also speak Espinorin? Yeah, why not? Thorin can. That's so cool. I love it. Multilingual bird. Multilingual. Um, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, you start, like, Eldorus, like, you reach your beak out with, like, these gold pieces and you see um, this guy, like, kind of, like, eyes like widen and like kind of go oh well, all right <laughs> and we'll like uh and we'll and we'll take uh the gold uh from you um kind of go that's uh is that a raven she nods huh yes she is heard and talk but maybe not so fluently before she's a special one she does a Caw noise sheepishly and tunnels back into the the satchel. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I would reach into one of my front pockets and I'll grab the other three gold. All right. And what might be your name? Mister? Oh, my name? Well, you can call me Azahara. Azahara. Well met. Nice to meet you. All right. Hop aboard, y'all. Next stop, Pateronis. And uh, yeah, you all. Uh, uh, get on board this like kind of wooden like uh, this almost like kind of gondola and uh, he turns the boat around and starts pushing and you all make your way uh, further through this kind of deep Espinoran swamp and yeah it's this nice little ride uh, is there anything like you uh, is there anything like any of you do like on this boat ride um, to Pateronis? I was going to talk to Azahara real quick <laughs> 
Yeah, go for it. Um, so do you do you live in Padrones? Is that your home? Born and bred. All your life. All my life. And is this your work? Oh yeah, it's a whole family's work. <laughs> I forget that not everybody's from Padrones. So uh, yeah, uh, we um. Well, you see, uh, in uh, in Paderonis, uh all of us are, well, we're born knowing what we're going to do. Or, well, uh, relatively, our families, uh, each family has kind of built up a history of all the skills and trades of each family. And, well, when you're, when you're growing up and you're a kid, well, you learn the family trade. So vast majority of us just end up doing the same things that our fathers did, our fathers' fathers did, our mothers did, our mother mothers did. Of course, there's some uh, there's some go between if uh, if you get married or adopted or you know just even decide you want to maybe try something new. You could always move to another family, no big deal, nothing like that. But uh, all the people close to me in my life were all farriers. Very nice. I feel like that is whether or not obviously stated is how most places do work. You know, uh, people follow what their families say, what their families want. Whether it is so explicit, obviously, can differ, but I guess. I'm sure Padrones is a lovely place to live and grow up. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that, but, well, it's, uh, it's somewhat different, I guess. I mean, from what I, uh, from what I heard, uh, what, I guess I should ask, where, where are y'all from? All over, honestly. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the crew. Yeah, yeah. I am a Zegan raven. Zegan, you talk. You talk a lot. <laughs> She's embarrassed. <laughs> Avery. Yes. Give me a vinegar roll. Okay, if I must. Yes, please. That's a seven. Hmm. We know what seven means. It means it's not a failure. That's correct. It's not a failure, <laughs> but that sure is a mixed success. I think there is a point where, like, during the kind of back and forth between Azahara and and Eldoris, I think you notice a look on Azahara's face. What, like, when like Eldoris like starts like talking a little bit more, he's like, "Dang, you talk a lot," and like Eldor and like you know Eldoris kind of has that reaction. It like there's a wee bit more to than curiosity there. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's something on. Underlying. There's something underlying that a little bit. And I don't think you can quite tell what it is because I think by the time like you're like you're getting closer to like, okay, is is he doing Is he really giving her a look? Yeah. Is he giving her is he giving her a look? And then you notice there's something behind him. And there is this figure standing behind him in like it's hard to make out. It's almost a little like a mixture between like shadowy and like glitchy and fractally. It's it's hard to describe. It is like seeing a human form that is standing in the dark and watching it flicker in and out of existence. But the only thing that is clear as day to you are the eyes that don't flicker, that don't blink but almost look in shocked surprise as the two of you, as you and it, locks eyes for a moment. And in this moment, you know that this is the thing that has been looking over your shoulder. And then it flickers and goes away. 
Uh, yeah, I think when, after he says something to Aldoris that just strikes me a little bit funny, I'm gonna just, uh, you know, I like, I like, I like rub Aldoris's beak a little bit mm-hmm. and just like put my bag a little bit more behind me mm-hmm. than like, like firmly on my side. It was like a little bit, you know, in front, I'm going to just firmly turn it a little bit further away. Yeah, for sure. When you do that, you can feel shuffling in the bag, which is Eldoris also getting as close to you as possible. And you hear her say under muffled breath that only you can hear. She says, I'm sorry. And I like, I just like, uh, just like rub her beak again and murmur back to her, no, 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 you're fine. And we'll just, uh, try to, I'll, I'll try to like, I'll, I'll keep talking to Azahara, but just like redirect from that completely kind of. Yeah. And she, she knows to keep talk quiet about now. about something different. Uh, she's yeah. got Thorne's stern looks and lectures, uh, going in her mind about why this is dangerous but she just got to in the moment and was got too excited to spend time with you and and Johan that she just forgot and was accidentally herself. And the boat ride keeps going. And eventually you all make it to Pateronas, kind of like how Johan described it. As you are approaching it along the swamp, you are recognize that you are now like kind of coming down a branch of it that is like a river a lot like this is like a large large river that is over flooded and you can see like as it continues to to, like curve and snake down this valley this kind of flooded area and you see in the middle of this river is this humongous almost perfectly cubic building it is made of black stone and like there is almost like golden geometric patterns gilded along its edges like going up each of the corners and then around the very top uh like edge of this cube and At the top is this, it kind of domes upward towards the top, but still keeping like almost like a a pyramid, um, but like curving inwards so that uh, it is almost like an edged cylinder, if that makes sense, where it's like an edged like pill shape, if that's better. And the uh, like through the middle of it, similarly to Paraiso Encontrado, there is a portion of it that is cut out so that the river can flow through. And you see this building is on like this large floating wooden platform that is connected to other wooden platforms that have these bridges connected to it by thick ropes and pulleys that allow them, like that allow all these different bridges to all these different platforms to be moved and almost um, like naturally floating up and down with the tides of this floodplain. 
um, and then all of those outer wooden uh, parts, all each of them with their own more like more plain wooden buildings um with like um these like dark clay roofs connect are connected to either side of this valley large almost like almost like bridge ends you know um that are connected to more pulleys and wooden uh uh, uh and, and wooden bridges leading from there to the land parts of these valleys were uh, more housing, building, and uh, people are, and roads leading from like either side uh, of the valley. And similar to what Eldora says, this place is bustling. There's this kind of, it, it's kind of underneath this open part in all of this foliage where uh, the valley is kind of split apart. So like the rain and storm above are constant, but the people here are going about their day as if this is normal. There are lots of hooded areas on these platforms. I'm imagining like each of the bridge platforms does have like an arching like domed hood built into it and over it so that, you know, you can move about all of these different platforms without really having to worry too much about the rain. And then there, I'm also imagining like a bunch of like smaller platforms built outside if it like, close to the like larger ones that are more like just social areas for people to like just kind of hang out here like little uh almost like park gazebos that are like free not quite free floating but are like loosely like tethered to each of these uh larger platforms um yeah what else can you all imagine being in this town what what are name something that you think both avery and then Eldorus would notice about the sound. What catches their eye? Um, I think as much as like the building that you're talking about is like a striking image and figure, mm-hmm. I think, you know, after taking that in, I think honestly the thing that Avery is most intrigued by is all these like counterweight police, like the, the way that the things are going to go up and down with the tide Yeah, are just, super intriguing to him uh he's like taking in all the the artistry basically of Mm -hmm. like how they've made this town continue to survive and adapt to its surroundings yeah um yeah i think that's the thing that like this whole system of platforms Mm -hmm. eldoris she looks for her favorite spot to get a bite specifically the breeze elise they serve fried batfish there. And I know what you're thinking. What the hell is fried batfish? My idea is that you remember the like sea, sea bat? bat? <laughs> yeah. So not a lot of them live to maturity, specifically one, because that would be bad and they would kill everyone. But also, you know, the smaller ones tend to be also tasty. So, mm. so Eldorus sees the quiet spot. There's little tables. You can get a nice breezy drink. It's just this little it's part market, part quick bite eatery. And mm-hmm. she sees it and she says, Oh oh Johan, do you do you think we'd have time at some point to possibly 
Oh. Oh, of course. Uh, no, there's no way we're not stopping there. Oh, okay. Oh, Avery, you're in for quite a treat. Am I now? Yes. And I, th I think Eldorus explains to you, like, have you ever had sea bat? I don't think I have. I can't say I have. Fried bat fish. It's, it's, oh, it's quite the delicacy around here. I want to say with this, it makes me think that, like, batfish are, like, the tadpole version of a sea exactly. bat. And exactly. so, like, but It's like caviar, basically. A little bit. You know? But I'm also imagining, like, it, like, almost in, like, a tuna sense where, you know, how, like, Ooh. tuna travel, or is it salmon? Travel from like top of the river down to breeding pools That's where they salmon. lay all their eggs, salmon, yeah, down to breeding pools and then back up. I'm imagining where like this is like breeding pools are further up the mountain and like kind of like turtles, they have to make it out to the sea. And if they can make it out to the sea, there's a way higher chance of them making it to maturity and then becoming the monstrosity that sinks ships. But a lot of them end up getting caught beforehand to eat uh, and also, like, die in other various ways that animals tend to. Um, and, like, ugh, that's wild. I love it, but that's wild. Can we also make it... Because, like, Avery's been, like, a lot of different places and mm -hmm. has had, like, different cuisines and stuff... I, I would I would guess that this is more of like a like when you really go somewhere like this is really the local dish mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. will say like you have to have this or you have to have this and that's the more like traditional or like generally accepted thing or whatever but like all the locals actually this is the dish that you would yeah want no, and eat and whatever 100% so he's never had it 100% especially because like this is like this is the river this is or one of like the couple of rivers that like this is where they come through. So 100%. I love that. I love that. Uh, Azahara brings you all over to uh, the edge of, like, one of the um, platforms that are, like, on the edge of uh, the, like, one of the valley ends. Uh, not, like, in, like, one of the center ones, like, on the river, but, like, on land, uh, that portion of it. Um, lets you all off and says... All right, well, thank you so much for uh, sticking along the ride. Y'all have been very pleasant company. Uh, and I uh, uh, hope you all enjoy your time in, Pater uh, in Pateronis. If you need anything, you know you know where to find me. On the river. And, uh, like, with that, like, put, like, pushes uh, the boat and himself off, uh, like, to free float along the river again as uh, kind of uh, salutes to all of you. Um... And uh, and and starts heading away. Azahara's got good showmanship. I I appreciate that. Oh, for sure, for sure. I salute back to him. Yeah, great. Awesome. Um, I guess I would just I obviously Johan wants to go get some like food and supplies. I'm guessing. Um, looking around at this town, you said it was you know busy, but. It's obviously not, like, one of the main ports or anything like that. Does oh, it look no. like... Yeah. It's it's not frequented by anybody. Mm -hmm. Does it look... So it's pretty rural overall? Yeah. No, no, yeah. It's in incredibly rural. Uh, this is, like, as countryside as it gets. Um, yeah. There is a road that leads from here, like, out, like, 
out of the swamps, out of the woods, and like towards the southern, the southern edge of uh, this island, uh, and then a road that leads like up towards the mountain, up towards the fort. But mm. this is like you have to go very much out of your way to get here, and so it very much is just like this is a community that is not insular, but is geographically disconnected from most other places. Um, and so okay. it is it is very rural in that way. Yeah. I think I think taking in the town and the vibe and everything like that, I think Avery resigns himself to holding on to his letter longer. He's pretty sure it's not going to make it anywhere quickly, if at all, if he tries to hand it off to somebody here. Um and it's an important letter. He doesn't want it getting lost. That's so fair. I think he's just going to um like like mentally tuck it back further again and uh look to Johan for where their their next uh where where he wants uh help or wants us to go. Uh you see that Johan is talking to the four others as they're like kind of breaking down responsibilities. Okay, you need to find a place that can help us get Lonberg. You need to find a place that can help us transport it. You need to find a place to go uh uh get tools uh to like replace some of the ones that are either like need to be replaced or broken or something new that we need uh from the list that uh he was given uh by Thorin. And then like uh uh, uh like stuff like that. And then uh, someone, uh, I think Nigel is the one who's going to go get wood. Cecil is the one that's going to go find transportation. Rook is the one that's going to go get supplies. And then Nanette is coming with him to go get food um, food supplies. Uh, I think he turns to you and says, you are free to explore as much as you would like. I, I know a new place like this can be tantalizing uh, with all the new experiences one can find. I'm sure Eldoris is more than happy to lead you around. I will make sure these rabble-rousers actually do their job, and hopefully we can have something good to eat after uh, last night. So We must. You promised. Of course, I promised. Is there a time you would like us to meet back here with you, or...? Uh, and kind of, like, looks up at the sky through all of, like, the, uh, rain. Yeah, the haze of the (laughs) thunderclouds and rain and says, it's a little hard to tell time, so. Mm. Let's just say if you can find a way to keep time. I totally have, like, a little pocket watch. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'll take it out (laughs) and and be like, a couple hours at least. Good, yeah. And we'll, like, take a look at uh, your pocket watch and says, yeah, uh, should take about two, three hours for us to at least get a hold of, uh, you know, whatever it is we're going to do. So how about we say in that amount of time, uh, two, three hours, we all meet up at uh, the Breeze of Lees and we'll uh, figure out where to go from there. Lovely. Awesome. All right. Uh, how close are we to that big building? You said we were, like, uh, on all the docks and stuff. Yeah. Like where, how far is that off? You're not that far away from it. I mean, it's, like, it's going to be a walk to get there, right? But it is, like, the central building here in this town. Uh, it's pretty easy to get to, as it seems like almost, like, the formation of the city and, like, the way in which, like, buildings are placed and how all the platforms are arranged kind of are centered around 
this building. So there are multiple mm. G, like pathways and vectors to get from to get there from basically anywhere in the city. It's the gravity center of this town, basically. Like, yeah, it's okay. Great. Well, I would just like open up the flap a little bit for Eldoris and just look down and say, well, you've apparently been here before. Uh, aside from your lovely spot to eat, is there anywhere you'd like to go? Well, we can see about some markets. There should be, uh, it's always changing names, but there should be a jewelry store in the square. Um, there's the big ominous building down the corridor. I'm not actually sure what that is. I've never gone in. Um, but perhaps we should see it out. Yeah, if you if you don't mind, Eldorus, I'd like to at least look into it, and then we can maybe stop by and get you something shiny. I'd like that. All right, let's do it then. Okay. And I will start walking off towards that building. Of course. You start walking off towards this building and you are like seeing like, um, you're getting like a good taste of like what this town feels like. It is bustling with activity of just the people who like live and work here. There aren't like, again, this isn't like a heavily populated area by like visitors and travelers. Um, these are like this is a small rural town and you but there is like an energy here of like people live in the space not just live in it if that makes sense people take up space people are happy to they are almost invigorated to be in the space and interact with each other and all the various jobs in which you like get the sense of like the way in which things work here is so clear to everyone who lives here. And being a part of that and working in it seems to give them some kind of satisfaction where, like, we've all lived in big cities, right? Relatively big cities or a city, you know? Yeah. They don't have to worry about even visiting, like, bigger cities or, like, living in a, a relatively large city myself for most of my life. It's really hard for me to connect to St. Louis as a city because I didn't really do much in it. It was a place that I lived in and a place where I went to school in and a place where I grew up. But I personally didn't explore it all that much. And it's so huge. Sometimes, like, it takes 30, 45 minutes to get from, like, one part of town to another part of town. And that's not clear way across, right? Um, mm. It is, like so incredibly large and dense with population and so much going on that I didn't even do a fraction of what is, like, available in that city. It was hard for me to figure out where I, I fit in that, which was very different from how I felt living in a smaller town like Columbia, where it's like, I can, A, walk most places, which meant I wanted to be doing things because I could just walk there, but also... Mm -hmm. Like, there's this feeling of, I could be walking anywhere, and I will run into someone that I want to run into, that I want to talk to. I'm like, oh, that feels good. There, There's an amount of, like, surprise where, like, oh, if I go out, I might see some people that I know. That's kind of good. There's It's that part of, like, the ruralness of that town that I think you're starting to get into. And also, the genuine happiness of the people who see you. Who are like, oh, hey, a visitor that I haven't met. And like they kind of get a look at you and like a lot of them try to greet you in like broken uh, Marvellian. Um, oh. Not thinking that like seeing you, I'm like, oh, that's not an Espinoran. And like they're like, 
hey, how's it going? What, like in like in in like this very cordial, authentic way of like seeing someone, and you see like vendors or stuff who are like sort of like trying to like doing the thing where they're like trying to call you and like, hey, do you want to buy some stuff? But like in a way that doesn't feel like predatory, if that makes sense. Mm. Doesn't feel sleazy or... Yeah. Yeah. It feels like someone's like, oh, this is a new person that I can sell to that might want some of the stuff that I want. Hey, come over here. Um, That's the kind of vibe that you're getting from this place, I think. I'd say that like over overall with like all these interactions, you know, politely responding back in um in Espinoran because it feels like the correct thing to do even though they're greeting me in my language yeah yeah you get the surprise like oh oh he speaks (laughs) kind of kind of deal yeah I would imagine that their dialect is like I I speak like proper Espinoran and their dialect is probably a little different but yeah no 100% you speak uh you speak what would be like high Espinoran of like this is what like nobles and like this and like uh and like the the, the cities on like the major islands speak. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they've got a, a slangier version of it, but like I don't I totally can understand it and uh I would yeah, like politely look in at their stalls and like say hello back, but like Yeah. Um, I'm gonna yeah, just keep I like like I, I have a mission <laughs> and I'm not gonna be distracted from it kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, eventually, you make your way down all of these different paths and to this large black stone building. Um, I think the platform that it's on, uh, like in the wood around it, you can see like kind of carved into it are all of these various like geometric patterns, um, almost uh, as if like, you know, those like large... Um, like stone tile, like uh, uh, almost like mosaic tile patterns. Yes. Mm. It's like that, but carved in wood around like kind of like using like a circle as a base for this wooden platform circling around this cube um, and like centering on it. And I think that there are on each of the four sides or on both of the two sides of uh, this cube are uh, is like a door to to enter. You come into a long black hallway that is open on the other end where you can see down into the other side like through like the split in the cube where like the river is flowing through. You can see that there is a um part where the hallway ends and then there's like a bit of like of the wooden platform before it go, or I guess the black stone platform before it gets to like the river and then the other side, black stone platform, and then another straight hallway that's like carved into it. Um, almost as if like this building is just like this black hallway. There are no doors on either side leading to like a kind of like carved out like platform and then the same thing on the other side. And then you walk through, uh, as you're walking down this hallway, you get to the end of it where the platform is, and there is a wooden desk on this side. There's a wooden desk on the other side as well. And uh, a person uh, a person at each of the desks, and then a person across from the desk, like, standing on the other side. Does that make sense, visually? 
Like, this is just an open building that I was just able to walk into. Like, do I look like I'm interrupting something or, like, no. something's going on? No, I, I would say even almost, like, as you enter, um, uh, the person at the desk, it is this uh, kind of, like, tan-skinned woman, uh, curly, dark hair that has, like, a linen wrap that's holding up uh, the kind of, like, bunch of her hair and, like, letting it kind of fall down, almost like a bouquet. Um, mm. And she is wearing, uh, like, blue, white, and gold robes that, like, hang long from her arms. And she is at the desk, and you see that, like, she has a book uh, in hand, and then the other person on the other side is wearing kind of, like... Uh, a taller person, a bit more broad, um, shaved head. Uh, they've got like a, a chiseled jawline um, and is like standing uh, at attention, just like kind of looking straight forward uh, towards her. But as you walk in, you see that she kind of turns towards you, uh, kind of like looks up from her book, sees you and says, uh, in quick like, analyzation of like who you are as a person and says in uh and says in marvellian um hi welcome welcome to, uh, please please come in come in and like kind of uh directs you like closer to her uh at the desk i would respond back i'll, I'll stick with marvellian and i'll i'll greet her i'll say um hi it's it's lovely lovely to make your acquaintance uh yes. Where where am I? I would love to what? know oh. about this. Of course, and she like she uh, she quickly uh, slams uh, her little book closed uh, and uh, opens up a drawer on the desk, uh, slides it in, and says, "This is uh, the House of Algebra," and uh, kind of folds her fingers uh, on the desk and says, uh, specifically Library Division. If you are looking for uh, a book, research materials, histories, uh, anything such as that, you've come to the right place. Have I heard of the uh, House of Algebra? Is that you a thing are I've heard of? very familiar with the House of Algebra, though you might be a bit confused with why they would call this place the House of Algebra. You've been to a House of Algebra before, uh, in. Uh, most likely in one of the other cities in Espanora that you've been to. Uh, you also know, uh, you know that the House of Algebra, it is both a place of learning and a holy site. It is a place for people to come and share information and study what the Espanorans would call, or uh, Espanoran philosophers and arithmeticians would call, um, the universal equation. It's a uh, uh, Espinoran philosophy that uh, I don't know how much uh, uh, Avery has ever really delved into, but you know that the house of algebra and um, the like kind of concept of the universal equation is the backbone of um, the kind of magical and spiritual um philosophies that guide uh, those parts of Espinoran culture. Okay. So, obviously not a one-to-one -one or anything, but the universal equation is, like, their holy icon, almost? or Well, the universal equation for Espinorans is more of, there is a universal constant that 
allows all things to exist. There is some... Is it the force? Sorry. It's, no, it's not the force because the okay. force, at least in Star Wars, is like this... It is a thing that is alive, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It is a thing that is changing and balances itself through... You know the the metaphysical means of like if the goods if the if the dark side or the light side has power all that the universal equation is a constant it's not alive or breathing mm-hmm. it is just a thing that is it allows for there to be form it allows for there to be action and reaction it allows for when you hold an apple and you drop it, that it will fall. It allows for the color blue to be the color blue. It is the thing that makes the world possible. With like a greeting, like, you know, a common greeting or something, would you say like, may the constant remain or something like that? Like, would that be the idea of like... I'm going to be honest... I don't think that they're interested in things like that. I don't think there's an interest in... It is spirituality and religion in the way that it is ritualistic study and practicing of a universal truth. It is kind of in the way that, like, someone who who practices witchcraft, right? Where it is a knowledge and study over universal truths and, like, symbolism and the way and like patterns and how things react together it is it is science that that it, it it is science and spirituality it is the understanding that these are the things that allow us to be and so the practicing and study of that is worship to that which allows us to be it, there is no god quote unquote mm-hmm. It's not a worship of a thing that has made the universe. It is a appreciation and study for what allows for the universe to be and what can we learn from that order that that allows, that that intrinsically brings, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. So, like, I guess the, the, the question I'm I'm having is, like, so the constant is obviously, like, a singular idea the universal equation is a singular idea but it is is it a study of like all the things that like yes. is this just a is this just like a university like is that there are houses of algebra that are are equivalent of a university a, a place where people go and study there are also mm-hmm. houses of algebra where people go and like kind of like a salon right where or a um an Aristotelian like a gathering of like philosophers to talk. Uh, there are house of uh, there are houses of algebra that are libraries. There are houses of algebra that are workshops. There are houses of algebra that are painting studios. It is mm. the universal equation, while a constant, is like so many different things. It is. Yeah. It is not like a short suite. It's not e equals mc squared. Bam. That's where it yeah. is. It's like this huge thing and the various different parts of the ways that uh, people engage with this faith and practice is by studying all these different parts of it. And all these different parts of it are, is just life. Yeah. So they might devote themselves to like a portion of the universal equation, like they're like the library or like philosophy or like, 
Yeah, like in the same way that people Science devote art. themselves to like physics or biology. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is a library sector of for simplicity, like a large university. Like this is a different university campus almost. <laughs> like, I would I would refrain from thinking of the house of algebra as being a university. There okay. are houses of algebra that are universities, but the house mm-hmm. of algebra as a concept is this is all of these different things, much like the universal equation, are many different facets of one whole. And the thing that ties it all together is that all of these things are the study of life, all the different facets of it and the ways okay. in which we can engage in life. There are, a, th- this is not a university, this is a library. But the House of, mm-hmm. but the house of Algebra is simultaneously a library, a university, an art studio, a craft workshop, a, uh, a plant, a greenhouse. Uh, like, it is simultaneously all of those while also being no singular thing. Um, I will stick out my hand. Avery, lovely to meet you. You're still speaking Marvellian, correct? Mm-hmm. Wonderful to meet you. My name is Leah. And she grabs your hand with, like, two hands uh, around your one and, like, vigorously, like, shakes it. Is this your first time to the House of Algebra? I have been to others, but this one is my, it is my first at this library division, as you say. Yes. We are always happy to welcome newcomers who are eager to learn about, well, really anything. <laughs> Is there any particular subject that you found yourself interested in? A great many subjects. I, I'm i eager to learn everything and anything, honestly. Hmm. Um, is there anything in particular that is a, a specialized area here, or is it just... Oh, well, we, everything. Uh, it is, it is everything. She like gives like this really wide grin with like the excitement of like someone who's like, oh, you're about to learn. <laughs> like <laughs> anything you would like to know if it exists in our library or any House of Algebra library, you have access to it here. You say, like, standing on, like, a platform and like, a building that is. <laughs> yeah. As far as you know, like. Uh, like two dark hallways and yeah. a bunch of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think Avery's a little stupefied at that sort of like open-ended, like, really, anything, anything. You name it. You wouldn't happen to have anything on, on the pre-flood era, would you? Pre-flood era. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, like realizing that you don't mean Pre-flood Pateronus, but pre-flood mm-hmm. world. <laughs> world, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, uh, any there are many uh, tomes and uh, and essays and and histories on on the subject. Uh, yes, uh, please. If you'll uh, go see, uh, if you'll go see Teo, and like points to the like uh, stone-faced man, uh, still like standing at attention, but like a couple of yards behind you. Teo, uh, I, I would walk up to him. Yeah. Uh, do I just simply ask, or is there a procedure here? What are you looking for? 
pre-World Flood era books, knowledge. You see his eyes kind of roll up a little bit as, like, he is thinking. Um, and then he looks back down to you, nods, turns towards the wall of the building that was, like, facing the hallway that you just came out of. Uh, so what should, as far as in your mind, be just thick black stone walls that are just, like, dense here, turns to that wall, and he open, uh he holds up his two hands and he clasps them together. And you can see that there are like some gold and silver rings on his finger and like a bit of like, I'm imagining like like white tattoos that go like in like geometric patterns like around like the back of his hands and like down his arms to his elbows. And then there is a gold tattoo of actually sorry no not a gold tattoo there's a gold like arm bracelet uh like right above uh, the hinge of the elbow on both arms and like matching geometric patterns on either side and you see that after he clasps his hands he then begins to make geometric shapes with his hands and fingers almost like have you ever seen anyone do uh, what is it fucking called it's like finger. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's finger tutting. Yes, yes, it's very similar to finger tutting. Do you, are you familiar with this, uh, Ellis? It's similar to voguing. It's sim. Yes, it similar. is similar to. Yeah, it's similar to voguing in that it is specifically about hand arm finger coordination rather than like a full body thing. Um, but it is, and that music comes. <laughs> yeah, there's dubstep. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there is not. No, no. Um, but no, you see, as Teo begins to make geometric patterns with, uh, their like fingers, hands, and arms, and like moving them in all of these, like, what seem to be like rapid, highly coordinated, and highly precise movements, um, and. You begin to see the wall in front of them fractalize and like almost like the like the mirror dimension and like Doctor Strange where like it's like like um, polygonal like uh, triangles folding in on itself um, and like kind of opens up this hole as like you see the black stone move in this like almost like eldritchly like geometric like folding pattern in on itself and uh opens up another hallway uh and then uh like stops like kind of steps out of the way and then like motions you to enter i i do so enthusiastically yeah as i'm like touching the wall as i go and like like barely like skimming the wall. 100%. And it's smooth. Um, and as you walk in, touching the wall, you take, like, two or three steps in, and, like, you don't feel any of the, like, fractal like fractal texture that you, j like, literally just saw this wall t uh, take shape in. And, like, two or three steps in, and then, like, all of a sudden there is light. And you find yourself in another room, huge that is a library somewhere 
that's not where you were before, where it is this huge, like, wall-to-wall and, like, multiple, like, tiered floors of bookshelves and, like, long wooden tables with, like, lanterns in the middle, like, hundreds of people in this room like you are in what feels like a stadium the grandest library you have ever laid your eyes on large stained glass windows on the walls leading out to sun somewhere um it is like i'm imagining like these large geometric uh chandeliers and like it is uh, like stone and marble and like it is the finest thing that you've ever seen and you're here in this library you and Eldoris is it like I've entered it and like I could still see the plain like yes dullness behind me and everything like it's like a it looks like it's fully attached to all this yes yeah I turn back around and I like make eye contact with Leah again uh, you can't see Leah from here because she's down oh, on the other thing. Down the other way? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mateo, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just ask, where is this? The House of Algebra. Yes, but somewhere else? You here? see, You see a smile on his face as he says, it is nowhere else. It is here. Every house is the same house. Avery's obviously, like, learned about the House of Algebra and, like, knows generally, like, some bare-bones concepts because it was not something that was well-taught in his circles. Uh, Yeah. In the the Holy Marvellian Empire, like... Exactly. The House of Algebra. Here's this other thing. Yeah, and, like, arithmeticians, like, they're, like... I mean, they're, like, kind of right, but, like, that's mostly nonsense from, like, their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is just, like, a whole unveiling of, like, possibility to Avery. And um, I think he then says, so all houses are this house. He nods. Uh, If only there was time. Um, And I would assume that anything here stays here. He nods. As it should, as it should. I think I will go back down the hallway into that cavernous library mm-hmm. and start just like looking and like. What are you looking for? I'm looking for. I'm looking for uh, anything to do with the religions and mythology of the pre flood era. I'm going to choose that one. I'm I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to be more specific. This library. more specific. I have to like find like a thing I want to look at. Yeah, because the section of the section of the library they sent to you is specifically the area where all of those books are. This is specifically. This whole thing is that. This is just that part of the library. Avery wants to live here forever. Um. There are many cool. people who basically do. <laughs> um, dang, I'm going to look into... Do you want to use your investigate move? I could. You could. Because I would 
guess that the Driftwood Cathedral is still too broad. No, I wouldn't say the well, hmm. I wouldn't say that the Driftwood Cathedral is too broad. That's probably a bit more specific, but I guess I would I would want to know so I can know what to give you what you are looking for. Mm. Or what kind of thing. Because, like, you can read books all day about, like, what people have to say about it, but, like... Yeah. Would I understand that this is just, like, a collection of, like, every text that has been written about it or is it a curated selection of like these are general truths or i think you get the sense that in this section of the library is every text that the house of algebra has been able to get its hand on be it first editions be it copies be it like copied like transcript like manuscripts of Everything that they could get their hand on. There is no curated selection here. This is There's everything. No filtering There's no filtering. Basically. This is everything. Okay. Um. Yeah, I suppose I should use like investigate, like you say. Yeah, if you because that'll I mean that'll help at least narrow it down, right? Where it's like yeah. you get to ask you get to ask one of those questions, right? Or uh, you could use. Uh, or well, you don't haven't really found like strange, dangerous knowledge. You could do that based on whatever it is you may find for a sea scholar, but I feel like investigate mm-hmm. makes the most sense here. So when you investigate a scene in detail, roll plus vinegar. That is a nine. Nine. On a seven to nine, you get to ask one of the questions. Is there something dangerous here? What and where is it? Is there something hidden here? What and where is it? Uh, Is there something here that I can use to my advantage? What is it? I'm looking for a blank. Is it here and where? You could use this to ask something about, like, in general about this stuff, but also, like, about things that you are actively dealing with as as well. You have stuff about, I mean, you have the arrow. Um, mm-hmm. I you, know. I know. That's what I'm yeah, like. I'm yeah. like, I, yeah, yeah. Avery wants to know all these like grander things, but there's also like the arrow is here and then like the like driftwood cathedral stuff and pirate stuff. Like, like there's all kinds of different. Your curse. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> My curse. Okay. So the mustard zip pains Avery. It's going to turn a- around and go back down the hallway again. Okay. After like just seeing. And taking in just, like, the vast amounts of knowledge that are surrounding him. Yeah. And he's going to go back to Teo, and he's going to ask, Would there be a good place for me to look into Belenutian Wayfinders? Mm. Or Celestial Comets? I think uh, they take a moment to, like, think over what you're saying and goes, Hmm... And then starts making geometric patterns again. And I think you see as the hallway kind of closes in on itself from that same kind of geometric fractalization. Um, and then, like, continues to, like, move and, like, mold, like, a weird ferrofluid, like, along the wall before, like, folding in on itself again and creating a new hallway to a new part of the library. All right. Gonna head back into the library again. Okay. Does this library like does it all look the same? It's all just like it looks different. A large it library, look, but yeah, okay. it looks like a different part of the same library. Um, same like kind of uh, design features. It like 
even like through like the stained glass windows and the way that the light is shining through, like you can tell that this is a different physical location, um, but like still aesthetically feels very much the same, uh, just a different place. Cool. Um, yeah, and then I would like to use my investigate role. Uh, I'm looking for wayfinders. I, I'm I'm looking into what. Brynn is. Gotcha. Also, and it's Wayseer. Wayseer, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so you're looking for information on uh, Wayseers. Is it here and where? Yes, it is here. Um, I think you would know that there are many different kinds of Wayseers all around the world uh, from various different cultures, so on and so forth. It's very much a specific cultural slash spiritual way in which different people connect to ships and navigating them. Um, and I think you find like stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of books that like, I think you found yourself a cart and you're just like grabbing books that like left and right. Um, and you like plop them all down at the table and you start like going through it and seeing if you can find anything like specific. Um, but like, yes, like the information is here. You just got to dig through it. And that's going to take time. Okay. As Avery, like, sits down and, like, starts, like, going through shit uh, and, like, finding himself, like, almost, like, pulled into uh, this, like... I'd like to take Eldoris out and, like, get the scarf out off of her to, like, yeah. let her stretch her wings again and such. She appreciates it. <laughs> she uh, looks up at you if she's perched on your hand for a bit while you're doing this. And she says, Avery... I can tell how important this is to you. Uh, why don't we skip the jewelry store and you spend all the time here you need? Oh, but, but Eldoris, I, I would never I can want get to take shiny things anywhere. I can see in your eyes that this is important to your journey. I, I deeply appreciate that, Eldoris. Of course. Also, Eldoris, I, I don't want to, like, you know, elephant in the room. I just, you're... you're you're not a normal bird, and I'm very intrigued by that, but I don't want to overstep in any way here. You're not overstepping, and you're right. I'm not a normal bird. Not anymore. Okay. I would love to know more at any point. Uh, obviously, it's probably a very private subject for you, but... Thorin would probably be upset if I told you, but between you and me, Thorin's not here. <laughs> I could keep a secret. I believe you. He doesn't have to know that you've told me. Do you know that Thorin had a husband? No. Did you know Thorin had a child with that husband? No. Thorin's husband was Hugh Fisher. And until my family grew, he was my greatest love. I was a normal raven, and... He was a young and lonely artist. We became friends, and Hugh, being the peculiar boy that he was, fell headfirst into magic at a young age. I learned much from him, and eventually he asked if I wanted the opportunity to grow and to be long-lived, and I said yes. And here I am. That is very 
Intriguing. Can I ask you something, Avery? Of course. Would you possibly be my friend? I was under the impression we were already, but if you needs to be official, uh, of course. Thank you. Oh, well, Doris. And I would, I would just, like, pet the top of her head a little bit. She leans in and she says, that's enough about me. You need to spend all the time you can finding what you came here for. And she kind of nuzzles back into her satchel. Your satchel, but it's hers now a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Eldoris's now. Eldoris, is this... Am I prying into things I shouldn't? I feel... I am my own bird. And you're my friend. I wanted you to know. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. I know that my inquisitive nature can sometimes be a bit much for people. And I often ask questions that I maybe shouldn't. Oh, darling, I was born but a bird, and I have had everything to learn. I understand about being too curious. You don't scare me. Well, good. Now, let's go see what we can hunt up about a certain ghost, shall we? Yes. Do you think this is too much prying? Should I, should I... I don't know about you, but I'm curious. All right. I, I can't let it be. You're right. And I will just, <laughs> with a little bit of guilt on my conscience about the fact that I'm doing this a little bit behind, like, Bryn's back, but I will start looking through all these books. As you turn back to look at the books, you see that the text from the books are gone. And on the page instead, in blood red ink, is hiding in the merchant's house jacques would stalk the weasel the weasel wants it all to stop pop will go the weasel um eldoris maybe something i also should have mentioned at some point hmm. to somebody other than you uh ever since i did a little bit of investigating with that map um and getting this uh, creepy nursery rhyme popping up every so often. I, I'm guessing, do you read, Eldoris? I, I, I don't, is that an impertinent question? I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I can read. It's just a little difficult for me to write. I can do it, but it's a bit of a bear. Okay. Uh, do you see regular texts on this page? I would gesture back Let to the page. Let me see. You do. I do, but what do you see? You know, the, the usual, almost blood-like text of a somewhat unsettling nursery rhyme. Right, 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 right. Well, it would seem to me that perhaps something has attached itself to you. Comforting. I should probably figure that out at some point. Um, I'm going to turn the pages again and do i still see that creepy text it's the like or? it's the same one for a while where like you turn it and like each page like it gets a little lighter it gets a little lighter like it didn't bleed all the way through to this one until eventually you find a page where it's just blank and then after like kind of like looking at this page for a couple of seconds i think you see in blood red ink, it starts to write, 
hello question mark um <laughs> hello <laughs> i take out uh a dry quill and mm -hmm. i'll write back what do you write who are you i think you take a dry quill and you write on it and then it's like Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> there's like because you didn't put ink on it, right? Yeah, but, no, 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 no. Because I'm making the letters. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Like, what are you doing? You're like, okay, nothing. And then um, there's like, it starts writing again where it says, "Huh, I didn't think that would work." Oh, this is weird. Wait, is it? And then there's like a dragging motion, as if like someone's like hand like quills on the page, and then just gets dragged off. <laughs> uh I read hello to it. I like like a question like hello? No response. I turned back the pages. It's regular text again. Uh okay. Yep, definitely I should I should move that up my priority list, Eldorus. Um that's probably not good. You sure we shouldn't be uh uh perhaps looking into what's troubling you? That can wait. This is this this is... Always putting others first. I see how it is. I, I don't know if it's others. It might just be... I need to know. <laughs> right. I'm right, sorry. Right, I right, just right, I need right. to know. Well, I, I, th that can wait. Well, let's find out then. I hope. I just look back down in the book. Yeah. Yeah. As you turn back to look at the book, you see that the page that you've happened to turn to, it has this grand depiction on it of a starry sky it's like almost like in like uh kind of like a wood etching like kind of like a style um of like a grand starry sky and like a kind of like prairie where there are a bunch of people like kind of like standing in a circle around a fire with like tools and implements like looking up like almost like as if like they're charting the stars um, and like paint and like like uh, maps and like paper that they're like drawing on, um, and you see you like the word celestialists catch your eye um, on this page, and like you start like I think you start from there and you start reading on, and you see that there is information in here about a what this book describes as a cult of people who worship the stars, chart them, and, uh, like, follow the direction in which they're going. Uh, you also, like, hear, like, you also, like, read um, pieces in there about, like, comets and, like, wor like worshiping not, not, like, not, like, not just, like, the worship of comets. It's not really that. It's more of, like, the, the ritual around when comets come and like how people like treat them and like this reverence towards it and like you're reading and like think like as you're like going like page to page like i think you eventually start seeing like quotes and things of like you know bits and pieces of what could be like um cultural like religious texts and like things of that nature and i think you start seeing descriptions of like the hum and talks about like seeing like all the various different paths and the ways in which like the stars connect to each other, like being 
symbolic of all the different paths that we take in life and that kind of potentiality of like any decision that you make can take you from either this place to another or to a completely different place if you make a different decision and like the charting of the stars in that way of like seeing it not just as like a guiding light but also like as like paths that we follow um and I think something about that really catches your attention, both being kind of tied to this hum that Bryn keeps talking about, but also your experience with the arrow. Mm-hmm. And I forget, did I ever, I've never felt the hum, right? Or did Bryn tap me into that you, when I connected with her? You feel, the. I think the closest time you felt the hum is when you touch the arrow or try to touch the arrow. Okay. Do I see anything about ghosts? Ghosts <laughs> related. To I don't. This? I don't think in this book. No. Okay. Great. I will convey all those things to Eldoris as well because she just told me about mm-hmm. um, that she can read and that she can write. But I'm guessing it's easier if somebody else. She's just probably tells her. reading over your shoulder. To be perfectly yeah, honest okay. with you. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Eldoris, how long have you been sailing with? Um, Bryn. Only as long as Thorn. I suppose it's been uh, maybe six months, give or take. Okay. Have you ever felt this hum that this refers to? Yes, I do. Sometimes Thorn does, but not as often as I do. I think Thorn only does because he's so in tuned with the ship. And the ship is attuned to Bryn. Eldoris, can you do me a favor? Certainly. I reach into my satchel and I take out the little arrowhead mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I place it on the book. Does anything happen with this when you touch it or? Well, let's find out. And she slowly puts a, a claw around it and then grasps it firmly. As Eldorus reaches out towards this arrow shard, you can feel the light thumping, the hum, the reverberation of potentiality as your claw grasps it. And immediately, Eldorus finds herself mentally whisked away. Eldorus. Yes. What's the moment you have the most shame? If you could change anything, what moment would it be? It's about 20 or so years ago. We see smoke, flame, and destruction on, the, on a sea. Eldorus is circling rapidly what is the wreckage of what was once Thorin and Hugh's ship. After searching and scrambling, looking for any of her family, Thorin... Hugh, Ziggy, who is the son of Hugh and Thorn, she finds, finally, her greatest love, her first love. She finds Hugh, and he is on a portion of a ship, of the ship that is rapidly taking on water, and he is unconscious. And there's no one else around on this portion of the ship that is either alive or conscious to do anything. She does everything that she knew knows how to do to wake him up. 
She scratches him. She pecks him. She screams. She sobs. And ultimately resorts to desperately trying to be strong enough to lift him. But she watches him drown because she's not strong enough. As you are dragging him, trying to hold tightly to the sleeve of his wrist, trying to drag him through the water, desperately flapping, trying to get him to, to safety, to a larger uh, uh, mass of wood or a crate or anything that you can float. You're desperately trying to, I think in this moment, for you, Eldoris, it freezes. And there's this moment where like, you kind of just like look around, Hugh's limp hand grasped tightly in your claws, his head barely above water as you do so. And you look around and you see, it's just, it's, it's a little far, but there's something that you could lay him on. You can make it, you can do it, but you don't know if you would make it if you did so. You know deep, deep in your heart that if you were to push yourself, you could save Hugh, but you wouldn't have any more energy to be able to fly, to land on something yourself, you'd sink. Would Eldorus have any reason not to trust the validity of this moment? I mean... Like, she knows she was just in the library. Yeah, you know you were just in the library. You, like, in this moment where it's, like, kind of frozen in time, like, kind of giving you the time to make this choice, like, you are no stranger to magic. This feels deeply, deeply magical in that way. But also in that you know magic. Magic is strange. Magic is tricky. Like, you don't know what happened. You don't, like, I don't think Eldorus had the concept of, like, have you gone back in time? Like, I don't know if Eldorus, like, has that thought where, like, no one in this world has a concept or, like, very few people have a concept. Like, time travel is not a thing that just happens. There's no... She would do it. Okay. Describe to me what this looks like. She is somehow able to rouse him just enough to where he rolls over on his own. And it gets him in a position that gives her the traction to pull him with the last of her might onto a, a pallet that will float once the ship is completely sunk. Mm-hmm. And if your words be true, then she spends every last bit of her energy and her life to get him on that pallet. Tragically, my words do be true. And Eldoras, you drag Hugh onto this crate. As you can feel your lungs wheezing for air, as you're flapping your wings with the last of your breath, last strained movements, and you can feel it as his arm kind of like hooks over the edge of the thing and He's latched himself onto it. He'll hold. And I think, like, as you have that revelation, like, ah, it's fine. He'll be safe. You find yourself feeling very tired. And I think you just kind of 
keep moving and falling back, splashing against the water, slowly falling as your vision gets blurry and dark and your lungs no longer filled with smoke, but with water, and it goes dark. And you wake up and you're back in the library, holding, like I'm imagining like having like just dropped the uh the 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 part of the era on like back onto the book um and a shock and it feel like i do not want to understate this eldorus you felt yourself die eldorus slowly removes her claw from the arrow and kind of falls backward and sits and stares into the middle distance oh oh are you all right, Eldorus? Are you all right, Eldorus? And she looks up at you, and she hears your voice and stares at you for a while. She says, well, something happened. Um, Avery, I'm sorry. Can I sit back in your satchel now? Of course, of course. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry I didn't mean to push you. No, mm-hmm. you didn't do anything wrong. It's not... I, like scoop Eldorus up, I can tell that she's shaken. She appreciates it. Yeah, and I'll just open up my satchel again and place you in it. Hey there, you're okay. I, I, I'm I, sorry that if what you saw is anything like what I saw, and from what your reaction is, it was much worse. I'm deeply sorry that I had you look at it. No. No. I would have wanted to know. And we got to answer your question. Question. Avery, would you say you are trusting and confiding in a crewmate completely? Yes. Well, hey, you know what? That means Eldorus, or Thorin, can add one rank with you. Or you remove one rank with a book. It is Eldorus's choice. Mm. So either you can have Avery... Gain a rank with Eldorus slash Thorin, or you can have Avery remove a rank from a book. Well, there's no reason Eldorus would want to do that, uh, and certainly would love to deepen the bond with Avery. Eldorus, you gain one rank with Avery. Do I? No, El- this is no. This is Eldorus's rank with you, not the other way around. Okay. Tragic. But uh, yeah. You wouldn't say, I don't want to bet a game, never mind. Is this a crewmate relying on say, you? Is that what you were going to say? I, I was, I was going to say, like, Aldora's confided her whole, like, backstory thing with me as well. Is I, that I relying on you, though? I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. Personally, to be my friend. I think we've bonded enough that Avery would have rank with Aldora's. Yeah. No, but. that's... Yeah, no, that's so fair. I mean, technically, she is relying on you in that, uh, like, to carry her, keep her, like, warm mm-hmm. and safe. So, yeah, you can uh, you can add one rank with them or add one rank to a book. Your choice. No, I'm going to do it with Eldorus. Okay. <laughs> Darn, go the cute Slash Thorin. <laughs> nope, this is just with Eldorus. Sweet. We, we decided Doing it. there's a separate track. Nice. Great. Now my life is twice as hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give this to yourself. To yourself. You always got to rub it in. <laughs> All right. 
Amazing. How dare you make an intriguing character? I love Eldorus. With which I want to bond. <laughs> All right. So you're here and this arrow is sitting in front of you. I'm going to obviously take it back off the, you do the book. touch it. Do you do anything to prevent your skin from touching it? Ooh. Is there like a cloth you have I don't think I, I don't think I did when I took it out, so I, I don't think I would do the... Okay. Well, I mean, we can retcon it and say you did for mm. for that. Because I think for Avery, okay. every time you yeah, have physically touched it. Yeah, because I spent all time it. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I have like Probably a little, little handkerchief. handkerchief or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'll grab it again. Yeah. Wrap it up in the handkerchief and Darn. put it back in my bag. No way. All right. What? Like, I, I, can, I spent all night with it. Like, no, what, no, no, what else am I supposed to... You got moves to ask questions. I don't know. You don't have to. Uh, this was me teasing it. This was me teasing it. You don't have to. <laughs> you do have moves to do things, but you don't have to do it. Um. Okay, yeah. I want to I wanna use my sea scholar move. When you encounter strange, dangerous knowledge related to your pursuits, roll plus Spitfire. Also, like all of these books as well, also are kind of a part of that. Eight. On an... Eight. On a hit, ask one question about it, and the fates will answer honestly. You'll be compelled to learn more at any cost. Oh, <laughs> that's what you wanted. What is she going to ask so I can force you to learn more about it? <laughs> if you want to ask me contextual questions that aren't yeah. you know, the thing about, like, what do you know about it? So you can use those as a way to guide whatever your question is. Feel more than free. Is it tied to a certain type of memory and are other ones similarly tied to different kinds of memories like is this is everything that's going to be from these kinds of artifacts tied to traumatic shameful etc of memories or are there like ones that are tied to happy memories or scary memories or what yeah. what, what do you think is the thing that avery is doing to try to figure this out is this Touching the the thing, or is this reading the books to see if you can find something about the thing? Um, yeah, I think looking into the books because I'm I'm already looking into like the comets and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, and I know that Bryn called this thing down. So yeah. yeah, books. As you were reading the books, and you're kind of going over that passage that you were reading about before, where they were kind of talking about how the ways in which stars connect to each other, and like the way in which we make constellations and chart them kind of give us like uh, paths in which we move in life and like about like decisions and like potential decisions and potential pathways that we go. I think you also read a lot about like how like there's a lot of like power and like symbolism and ritual within this kind of uh, within this religion and the way in which they very intentionally use specific items to symbolize like kind of like larger ideas in and around like the choices that we make and how like um i think you read about some of the constellations the gods of the celestial lists and i think that one that catches your eye specifically because it's kind of relevant specifically about the standing god who is depicted as this like entity made of stars carrying a long bow and a quiver of arrows. Um, and like, I think like the kind of etching that you see is kind of like in this like drawn uh, position of like having the arrow knocked and like ready to fire. And specifically it is like the standing God is 
the constellation of fate and decisions and uh, intentionally making decisions, blazing a path forward, taking fate into your own hand, seeing the paths that are in front of you, seeing opportunities that are in front of you, knowing that you are going to end up where you should be. And it also assembles the arrow. And it is believed that the standing God will send a test to celestialists, to people in general, to give them the chance to open up their eyes to all of the pathways so that they can better choose the way forward. And that test comes in the shape of an arrow. And in this moment, seeing this as like a test to see if you will take the chance to change your fate. And you are compelled in this moment, now that you know that that's what it is, what is the fate that it wants you to change or take hold of? What is the test? You're compelled in this moment to do so. Do you stand your ground? No. What do you do, Avery? Putting all these different pieces together and knowing that what I saw last night was possibly a test that I failed or a test that I passed, and I'm not sure which. Um, I think I need to know if that's the test or if that is just something that I put on it and I'm going to I like just wrapped it up and put it into my satchel and I just like pause with my hand still on the the carefully wrapped thing in my pocket Mm -hmm. and that like knowledge kind of like washes over me I put all those pieces together and I just almost not even like doing it intentionally my my hand just grabs it again and pulls it back out and I lay it out in front of me again it like falls open in the handkerchief mm-hmm. Eldorus you're watching as he does this yeah she's silent intentionally and I pick it up as you touch it with the intention now of accepting this test and trying to see what it is you find yourself whisked away and you're back here in the library, standing five feet behind, well, what looks like you in your bag. And you see Eldoris kind of peek, poking her head up. And you are watching you and Eldoris have a conversation as you watch uh, yourself, like, kind of take Eldoris out of the bag. Um, like taking off the scarf of her, having the conversation that you were having before. And like, you're just watching as the two of them are having a conversation. What do you do? I like look around again to make sure like it's the same place. Mm-hmm. This same happened place. a couple moments before. Uh-huh. Same place. I'm going to creep a little closer. I look at the back of my head, which is a thing I've never been able to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah, no. you look oh, at the hey. back of your head and you're like, oh, that's a... Hmm. 
kind of looks weird. It's a strange <laughs> experience. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, you're kind of like look myself. over your shoulder and like neither you, neither the you you're looking at or outdoors seem to make any kind of like notice of like that you're there. And you, but, but you do notice that the pages in the book that's open in front of you are blank. Um, I'm going to walk up next to myself mm-hmm. and reach over to turn a page. You turn a page, it's another blank page. Does it look like Eldorus or me take Mm-mm. any notice of that? No. <laughs> I slide the book over to me, okay. like a little further in my direction. Okay. And I close it to look at the cover. It's the same book that you were looking at before. It's called uh, The Stars Beneath Us. Um, and but and like as you're like looking through like as you like closing like look through the page, all of the pages of this book are blank for you. Are blank, yeah. <sighs> um, which is strange because like the last like the only time you've seen this is like when you've had that feeling right of someone being watching you looking over you. Um, and I don't have that feeling right now. No. Um, but I think there is perhaps. The thought of like when you're like, hmm, do I have like I don't have that feeling right now. It's kind of weird though that like I'm currently kind of like that person, you know. Yeah, I'm like, am I the feeling? <laughs> Is it me? Is um, it? Um I take out my quill mm-hmm. and I write hello on the page. Okay. And I see if like there's any yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's currently in front of you right now. They can see it if they wanted to. Um, yeah. But you could put it back if you would like so that it's in reach of them. Yeah, I put it back. I think you put it back. And, like, as you put it back, the pages flip back to the first page that it was on. And Avery and Eldoris finish their conversation and you watch yourself look over at the book and kind of have that expression that you had where when you saw the thing, right? Um, and then you watch as the version of yourself flips, 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 gets to that blank page and then notices the words hello and then goes to get their quill and write out something on it where like nothing appears but you see that action happen what do you do i think i like look around behind me again and i just kind of out loud i'm like i don't understand my test there's no response the only thing that you have is what you know happened yeah i slide the book back to me Mm-hmm. And I am going to write, be careful with that arrow. Okay. And yeah. then you go and right, you slide. Be careful the... with that arrow and I slide it back. Yeah. And you see, uh, you react to it and go, arrow. And you, like, you watch yourself as you turn to look over, like, towards the bag where you know the arrow is. And then you feel yourself pull. And you're on the boat standing behind the boat, the ferryman, Azahara, as you watch yourself begin to move Eldoras uh, away from, uh, like, kind of like, uh, kind of like away from him. And there's this moment where you lock eyes with yourself. 
And then you're pulled back again. And you see yourself on the beach, walking up the road, and you're like kind of standing in like the midway between uh, where like everyone else is like on the boats with all the shovels, like starting to get that stuff out where Felix, Hano and them and where you are. And you kind of like find yourself like watching like, what the, am I? And like, you like, you start to see like yourself kind of like stand and like get like a shiver down his spine and like start to turn around to where you are. And then you find yourself pulled back again and you are in your room on the Bois Perdue, like going through all of the books, uh, like going through like the pages uh, of uh, the book that all of a sudden like had uh, your, um, had the like the, the, this is the first time that you saw the blood red writing uh, and, uh, and like you are standing like in this space, like where like you're watching this happen, you're standing exactly where you remember feeling that, uh, feeling the sensation of like seeing yourself uh, on, uh, or not seeing yourself, but like feeling that you were yeah. being stared at. And then as you start, like as you watch yourself start to look up and look in your direction, you feel yourself pulled away again. And you're there in the crow's nest with Bryn and... You are watching as you are trying to figure out how do I solve this? How do I figure out this the riddle of this map? What do you do? Am, so I'm You are standing seen? Yeah, you are standing here where both you and you are up here in the crow's nest with them as Bryn is currently looking over the map. And that like you remember this is the moment where you have your epiphany. We're like, oh, this is mm -hmm. how I fucking do it. Um, that is the moment you are currently in, but this version of yourself hasn't figured it out yet. Is it the same thing where there's a version of myself that hasn't, and I'm also there, or am I inhabiting? You are that also. You are also here. There's two of you. The I'm, one that is in that moment, okay. and the one that has returned to this moment. Gotcha. Um. This is so trippy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to walk up to the map and I'm going to. Do you remember what happens in this moment when you solved it? Yeah, I, I remember that like I wrote the name, I drew a box around it, and then I was possessed with drawing out the map. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite possessed it wasn't like you didn't feel someone else like inhabiting your body like you can control your body it did feel like your hand was being pulled mm. i think i'm gonna watch for a while to see you know am i like i'm gonna i'm basically gonna be like do i need to intervene for myself or is this something else you see yourself stumped i think you start to see like this version of yourself like trying to figure it out. Bryn is uh, kind of talking, and I think um, you see this version of you says, like, maybe there's something in my books. Uh, let me... And you start to see yourself beginning to leave, to go down to your room, to go get some books, take yourself to your study, and do what you do, and see if you can research and find an answer. I... 
I go up to the to the map and I make it play out. I I I write the name again and draw the box. With what quill? You don't have the quill that you had then. Or I mean this version of you like the mm. version of you has a I'm quill, still not but like, like okay. yeah, like the quill that you yeah. had then was is left in that because that was the quill of that. That was that. Yes. Thing. Okay. Yes. I, I go to myself, mm-hmm. and I say, like I, I'm I'm following myself, and I'm like, yeah, no, as you're like you starting to like climb, and like I'm starting to leave, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. and I'm like behind myself again, and I, I'm like, wait, but you. You know this. You figured it out. You read the poem. I think I, uh, I think there's like a like a moment where like a pause happens, and like you see him, kind of, like give like one last like. There's gotta be a way. I guess it, stupid and like starts to like climb back up and uh takes out uh takes out the quill and does the thing that you did we're like Brent Brent can I I just need to see it I just did like I I was I, stupid I, I I missed something I it's so obvious I just can can I please have it and Brent like kind of hesitated at first and then eventually giving it over and you watch as he writes out Jack or Jacques and then draws the box around it and you watch as like that like blood red ink begins to fade. And then like he takes the quill up and like just kind of waits. And I think in this moment, this is when you remember like that feeling of like someone watching, someone over your shoulder, as like your like as your hand like went to go draw, but it hasn't happened yet for him. Uh, I grab his hand, mm-hmm. and I guide I guide him into drawing that map out. You do exactly that. You've drawn it before. It's in your notes probably several different times. You sketch it out exactly how you remember it, dragging your hand, his hand, across the page, just the way you remember it happening to you. And when you finish it, you get the sense and you see as like the chill runs down his spine as he recognizes the presence over his shoulder. And as he starts to turn to look at you, you're back in the library and the arrow crumbles to dust. How was your trip? I, I don't know. Me neither. I can't tell if it was good or bad. Me neither. Um, when I was looking at that book and it said, you know, that these arrows might come as like tests or that the, what did it say the arrows were? It's, was that directly tied? Yeah. No, it said that the standing God would send down tests for people to take fate into their own hands. If they are willing to open themselves up to all of the potential paths, see what lies ahead and strive and march towards it fearlessly. Okay. Does it say anything about completing tests? It says that those who complete these tests will find themselves more sensitive to the world around them, to be able to feel the presence of potential 
And those who accept that gift were often priests, priestesses, uh, holy people of some kind who others came for advice for trying, like in, in a very like a spiritual, but also like looking for guidance, both spiritually and in their lives for how best to move forward. See, like laying out all of the possibilities ahead of them, going over each one, the pros and cons, seeing that and being able to give advice and wisdom and guidance on what should be done to move forward. I think reading that part uh, and having the, the arrow have crumbled back onto the handkerchief, uh, Avery sighs heavily. I think I failed that test. And uh, wraps it back up in the handkerchief. As you are wrapping up like the dust of this arrow and like kind of like holding it in your hands, you still feel the hum, but not just from this in your hand. You feel it all around you. It's very light in it, almost like if you're just in, you know, when you're like in a room where like someone is playing music that's like really bassy and they've got like the bass turned up and you can like feel that. Kind of feels like that. No sound, but like the physical feeling of light, distant reverberations. Well, Eldoris, as much as I'd like to stay here, possibly forever, I think it's best that we... I don't know how much time has passed. I, I think it's best we... Why don't we go find Johan and... Yes, get going. Satiate ourselves get some with some tasty fried batfish. I'm excited to try it. Let's go, friend. And I'll close up the books. I'll put them back where I've... Found them or put them where they're supposed to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to leave my mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be respectful. And then I'm going to, yeah, exit the library. I will thank Teo and Leah. I think as you get to the desk where Leah is, she asked, how was it? Find what you were looking for. And more. I thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. I hope to return. <laughs> Everyone is welcome. At the House of Algebra. Good day. I, I'll say the last part to her. I'll, I'll say good day to her in uh, in Espinorin with like a little bit of a nod. She smiles lightly as you turn and walk away. Oh, we got there, gang. We did it. How does that feel? <laughs> it's the end of session. So, I could go ahead and say we didn't uh, defeat a major foe. <laughs> that that was, arrow was was our greatest foe. I don't know. What our you're greatest about. foe. Yeah. Okay. It's defeated. Uh huh. Avery, did you gain significant treasure? Is knowledge considered treasure? I think if Avery considers knowledge treasure, then yes. If anyone does, I think Avery would. So. Absolutely. Okay. Um, did you accomplish uh, one of your character's goals this session? Yes. Okay. Uh, then you will choose one. You can mark one experience. You can add one rank with someone else, or you can clear all your weaknesses. I, I it's will... time. I'm going to clear my weakness. Okay. Well, hold on. I'm going to say, oh. upon coming back, this is, hey, hey, gang, I'm sorry, I forgot to say this. 
Uh, your cursed weakness is cleared. By magical oh. means. You did it. Oh, sweet. You completed the terms of the curse. Nice. So I guess I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So mark one experience or add one rank with someone. Yeah, I'll add XP. Sec. What, uh, what does that put you at, XP-wise? Four. Four? Dang, man. Y'all need more XP. Damn. All right. All right. I'm all sorry. Right. I've been trying to build, like, I'm, I'm adding a lot of rank instead of... No, no, no. That's fine. Was this a big finale? Ooh, are each of these going to be big finales for each of the characters? Ooh. I feel like they might. Because I think each of That'd them are going to be pretty big. Like, for personal stuff. And technically, I should have made the fight with the Navy a big finale. That was a big thing. So, you know what? I will say, this is a big finale. You get to choose an additional one. I get to choose two. Okay, so. Yeah. You can either mark an experience, another experience or you can add one rank with someone. Okay. How much XP do I need to level up? I think I need six, right? I think that is correct. It is five plus your level. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do two XP. Okay. Cool. Boring, but take that second we'll XP set up for next time. You're yep. You are now one XP away. Hey, if you fail even a single one, you level up immediately. So look True. for the thing that you want to do. Um, do. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Eldoris, you don't have XP, <laughs> uh, so I don't think we don't have to do this question for you. I'm sorry. No. Not even for Thorin. Well, She's Thorin's gonna, gonna come have... back and relay everything. I just wanted to answer the questions. Okay, yeah, no, we can still answer the question. Did you gain significant treasure? This is the only one I wanted to answer. I know, because I know what you're about to say. Say it. Yes, Eldorus gained significant treasure in the friendship of Avery Morgan. Ah! I think this is going to be the cutest session. I don't think the rest of them are going to go this way. No, I don't either. <laughs> it's too wholesome. This is, oh man, maybe this, this one should the be the first one. <laughs> boy and the bird. The boy and the bird. Episode. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. It has been wonderful uh, doing this uh, for us. This is our first of three. Uh, I don't know what it is for you, as already stated. But, uh, you know, Hilda, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me in our Discord server. At Tales Yet Told. Come join us. Come and join or us. Or you can find us on Tumblr or Twitter as well. Yes, yes, yes. Both at Tales Yet Told. Find us over there. Or you can check out our new website, uh, talesyettold.com, which is, uh, you know, I think pretty cool. We got, a, we got a we got a we got a official website and shit. That shit's nice. We got merch, y'all. We got merch. Go merch yet. So we're gonna even have better merch. There might be better merch out right now, and I don't. It, if it is, go That's fucking. That's so get exciting. It. Yeah, I am no, wearing merch. merch as we speak. It is a very good shirt. Yes. Oh man, I can't wait. Hold on, we'll talk about getting you some. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, Ellis, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at HorrorWriter, spelled W-H-O-R-E underscore the word or underscore the word writer. Amazing. And uh, yeah, you, hey, hey everybody, it's me again. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Kendo Makes Films. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and just like uh, Hilda said, go follow us on social media. Please, please, please go rate and review us wherever you are. Be that Apple Podcast, be it Spotify, be it Podchaser, whatever. I we like hearing Pretty from please. all of you. 
We like hearing from our I love getting feedback. It's not Christmas anymore. All we want for Christmas past, you forgot to get us a gift. All we want for New Year's. (laughs) (laughs) All we want for New Year's is to know what you all think and if you like Mm. us or not. Do you like me? Yes or no? These are the questions. Yes, extra yes. <laughs> yes, extra yes. There can be no no. I mean, there can be no. I mean, whatever. I'm rambling at this point. It's been a blast. I'm so excited to do these other ones. Go out, eat enough food, drink enough water, get enough sleep, and take care of yourself. Because self-care is very important, especially in the new year. Don't forget to love yourself like we love you. Bye. Bye. Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our Our stories are our voices. voices.